Welcome, everyone. Episode 67 of the Health and Wealth Podcast. Steve Giordano here with very special guest, the board member of FFL Never Settle in Arizona, Mr. Bowen Sweeney. How we doing today, boss? Doing good, Steve. Thanks for having me, man. I'll tell you what, man, I'm fired up. I don't know you all that well, but just in talking to you in, you know, five minutes, I, I feel crazy excited about your journey and the things that you're doing. So let's kind of start here. You know, you were you're an athlete in college, played played football um, at a young age for you. When did the when did it click that you wanted more for yourself in athletics and in business? Yeah. Absolutely. So, Steve, again, thank you very, very much for having me on. And uh, I mean, I was missing it to you earlier. I think at a young age, I was very competitive and uh, I just I wasn't always the best athlete, but I knew one thing my dad ingrained in, in me is if you're not the best, you just got to go to work and you just got to go to work to make up for the rest. And if you're the hardest worker, the hard work is eventually going to weed out the talent. Or you're going to be able to compete with its talent. And I, I was I was big on understanding that, and that was kind of uh, I'll be honest. Sports was kind of my escape from where I was currently at in life. With uh, living, obviously, my parents did the best they could, but I was single mom raising five raising five kids. That was my mother, and then my my dad was kind of gone early on in my life. But I mean, I I fell in love with sports more so as an escape for me to get out of where I was currently at. And then I, I found the love for it. And uh, I, I mean, in high school, I grew up, I went to a small school. I wasn't the best athlete, but being in a small school, you play both sides of the ball. You think you're the best athlete. And then when I graduated, I, I went on to play college football. And I'm like, dang, I'm like, these guys can actually play ball. I thought I was the one that could play football. And then I just realized I had to go to work. And I think uh, I always like, I'm blessed to be in a business that I could relate stuff that I learned through sports and through football and, and apply it into my business. And, and like this business, it's not easy. It's simple. Like the, the blueprints there, the road's been paved. Like all you got to do is be coachable, go to work. I've been doing that my whole life, Steve. Like I had to be coachable. If not, I was never going to get on the field and I had to go to work. If not, I wasn't going to get, get the, get the reps. And I, I was, I definitely wasn't going to get on the field. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned that, you know, my next question was going to be who was your best mentor in, you know, your sport days. And what did you learn from that person that you now take to your business? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the coaches, the coaches that I thought were the hard asses, those were my favorite coaches. The reason being is they could check anybody that was negative, anybody that had an excuse, anybody that, that complained, they would put them in their place and they would keep it moving. And they were, they always saw the bigger picture, which was winning football games, trying to win championships. And, and that's kind of how I wanted to run my business. Like I almost want to throw up when I give somebody an excuse, when I hear myself give an excuse, like I almost want to throw up. And I, he was, he was big on getting people to be accountable for their actions. Like if you missed a block, he's like, he would call people and they'd say, well, so-and-so missed this or so-and-so missed that. When he'd call me, I'd say, hey, I messed up. He's like, hey, why'd you miss your block? I messed up. I'll fix it next time. What will happen again? And that's the same thing in this business. It's like being able to be accountable for your actions. And that's what I learned in football. If you're not accountable for your actions, it's hard to be in business with you because it, it's always like you're always going backwards instead of just addressing it and moving forward. And I think that's like, 
the biggest thing I learned from Coach Maxfield and all my buddies I played football with, yeah, we thought he was a he was a, a hard ass or or a dickhead, excuse excuse my language, but that was the coaching style that was moving people in the right direction. Yeah, it's interesting because great players want to be coached hard, right? They just do, you know, because they understand like if like I was watching a, a podcast, I'm a big dolphin guy, and they were doing a podcast a couple weeks ago, and they were saying in the nineties when they practiced and they had really good corners and really good wideouts, those were harder than the games. And it made the games easier because they were practicing as hard as humanly possible and getting coached as hard as humanly possible. And great players want that and mediocre players don't. Absolutely. So at what point in college now as you're an athlete, were things trying to like starting to turn where you're like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to go pro or go that route. What am I going to kind of do with my life? Like at what point there were you like, okay, what's kind of the next thing for me? Is it business? Is it, is it what? Yeah. I think that's a, a bit confusing too. Cause I never thought past football. Like all I ever known was playing sports and, and showing up to practice and lifting weights. That's all I really, really knew. And then like senior year comes around. I'm like, Oh shoot. Like football's about to be done. I'm like, what are you going to do? And people say, go to college, get a degree. I got a degree in business management, the most vague degree you can get. And I have no clue what I'm going to do next. And, uh, I moved home December 2019, and I started interviewing for jobs. And I'll never forget, I, I interviewed for this shipping company. And he saw, I, I go in there, and he was kind of a, a a bit aggressive dude. He comes in there, and, and he's like, hey, why do you want to work for us? And I was like, well, I'm an athlete. I'm competitive. I can make it work. I'm coachable. I was telling him all this stuff. And he's like, no, why the F do you want to work for my company? And then that's when it clicked for me. I was like, you know what, sir? I don't want to work for your company. And then that was the end of that, that interview, but I had interviewed for some other, some other opportunities. And I just started thinking, I'm like, dude, I don't want to work for anybody. I was like, I really don't want to work for anybody at all. I want to work for myself because I know what I'm worth. And, and I know what I can do. Like, I know if, if it's been done, somebody shows me the ropes, I can figure it out. So, um, I got recruited into my practice company. I was, uh, I was crazy as I, I think back now I'm so blessed how dumb I was to not leave the industry. Mm. Like I went four months without making money in the insurance industry. My first four months, I was working two jobs just to be able to pay for gas money and drive to appointments. And for me not to quit, I'm just like Bowen, like yourself now is thanking yourself three years ago. And it's because like, eventually, eventually you're going to catch momentum. Eventually you're going to figure it out. Well, that wasn't the, the, the company for me, but I also learned how to, sell with no money, recruit with no money, network with no money, run company overviews with no money. And it taught me how to build a business with no money. And I was crazy enough to stay in that. Most people don't. Well, fast forward my first year in the the, the company, I'd, I'd like struggled. I looked up at the end of the year and I made 30 grand. I'm like, dang, Bowen, you're broke. I'm like, but eventually you're gonna figure it out. But that wasn't the case. I got introduced to Nina and Hayden. And they showed me, obviously, I was like, hey, I don't care about the company. Like, I know you have the same license as me. I know you were an American income before me or practice company. Um, just show me what's depositing your account. Like, I could care about the, uh, I don't care about anything else. Show me what's depositing your account. They showed me it was double, triple what I was making a year and a month. And I'm like, okay, if you two are doing that, you haven't been here that long, I can definitely do that. Do this. And uh, 
that was kind of the light at the end of the tunnel for me. I'm like, hey, they're doing this BOA. They had the same license. They came from the same the same company. Why the hell can't you do it? Yeah. You know, one of the key things in all that you just said that I think is a very important thing and probably one of the hardest things for new people is you struggled and didn't make money at that company for four months and had another job. But from talking to you, you didn't lose your confidence because you're a confident guy. How did you keep yourself and how do you keep yourself confident when things go sour or not the way you want them to go? Yeah, I don't think I hit on this enough. Um, when I was going through college, I hated reading. Like I paid people to do my homework. I really did. Like I, I was just going to play football. But when I graduated, I wanted to be, I wanted to be coachable. I wanted to be humble. I knew I didn't, know, I didn't have it figured out. And I was like, how am I going to figure it out? And I'm going to have to figure it out through reading and learning and developing myself. So um, when I graduated, the first book I ever read, Steve, was Think and Grow Rich. And it was talking about at one point in your life, you may sell life insurance. And it was just, I felt like it was God speaking to me. And it was, it was crazy because I was living at my parents. I was coming home and they're like, hey, did you get paid? Did you get paid? Did you get paid? And it went on for three, four months. And every single month, my dad's telling me to go do something new. Like, go get a different job. Go do something new. Go, go figure it out. We'll support you. And I'm like, no, I'm going to make this work. And I was just, I would come home. I wouldn't get on the couch. I wouldn't watch TV. I wouldn't sit there and talk with them. I'd go straight in my room. I would pick up that book and I would read it because that was the only thing that was keeping me in the business and keeping me sharp where I needed to be to, to, to move in the right direction. And I think of it now, I, I kind of think of it as like, Bowen, how did you not see this? But I was so obsessed with figuring it out that I knew something was going to click. And I think it, it it comes with developing yourself. Like, like I said, four years ago, I was in college. I wasn't reading. A year after college, three years ago, I started developing myself. A lot can happen when you do it consistently every single day and get 1% better every single day. And it's crazy what you can accomplish. And I was talking with one of my managers on my team this morning. And it's like, hey, he knows how to sell. He knows to buy leads. He knows what to say to him. I was like, I'll be quite honest with you. The, the thing holding him back is him developing himself. Like if the only motivation he's getting from us is speaking to him, the only developing he's getting is us speaking to him. He's not going to make it in this business. And it, I mean, that's how I thought of it. And for myself, that's how it would be. If I never developed myself, I would have never made it in this business. And I don't think we would be where we are today. I listened to something not too long ago and it said, uh, your, your personal development level is going to be the same as your income level. You'll never out-earn how much you develop yourself personally. And I'm like, dang, I was like, I think about it now. I didn't think about it like through the steps and through growing. But if I think about it now, when I was making 30 grand a year, I wasn't that developed. I'll be honest with you, Steve. Mm -hmm. You talk to me, I'll lose my train of thought. And I mean, I'll, it, it just takes us the wrong direction. But I mean, I think it's super important to develop yourself, especially to make it in this business. And the key of what you're saying, too, is you mentioned earlier, you always knew you had to be coachable in sports and then into this. So you've always taken that. And what I love about the mentality of being coachable is you always feel like you've like you never feel like you've arrived. Right. You're always like, man, like, cool. I had a great year or a great week or the team's doing this or whatever. But you're always like, well, I got to be better. And that's kind of the way I've always tried to operate. So I love how you kind of took that mentality with you so now you get here at what point 
did you say, hey, I can have a business as opposed to, hey, I'm just going to sell? Right away. I would say I was at my practice company and I saw the way to, you can make money selling, but the way to make real money and, and to lead people and help people is to build a business. And I wanted to, what's crazy is I, I got my first couple of recruits and I wanted to be a leader that act on what he was speaking on. And when I was talking to people about building a big business, I wanted to be the guy building the big business. When I talked about selling at a high level, I want to be the guy selling at a high level. I never wanted to speak or, or challenge people to do something I wasn't doing myself. And I took it as a challenge. It's like, hey, you can do this. Everybody else is doing it. You just have to put in the work. And I think uh, a lot of the times people think maybe someone had a big network or maybe they just got lucky with people. I don't think you get lucky. I think there's there's timing with everything. And if you're consistently putting in the work and the timing matches up, boom, you're going to get some people and boom, you're going to get some people. And I'll be honest with you. When I started, Steve, I didn't think it was going to get this big. I honestly, like being completely transparent with you, I like had a big vision, but I was like, well, we're never going to get to a million a month. Like we're never going to be 800 grand a month. Hell, 500 grand a month seems far, but it's like, I, I just kept looking at the leaderboards, adding people and teach them how to sell. And then eventually it just started taking off. And now it's like, what's, what's crazy is doing it and getting the result and seeing what you can do along the way. Now it has me to where I think like realistically we can do 50 million a year. Yeah, man. So now you come in, you sell at a high level, you're recruiting. What are some of the the avenues you went in recruitment? Was it more warm market? Was it social media? Was it both? Like, what were the things that you did to get yourself to that level? Yeah, I think everything works, uh, but it only works if you do. So warm market is is obviously the best, in my opinion, because I like to build businesses with people I know. I like to work with people I know. I like to challenge people I know. I like to grow with people I know, but also cold market too. But I think it's super important. You have to, if it's cold market, build a relationship, build a genuine connection, get in front of them. Because if not, they're not going to see your vision. They don't want to buy into your vision and they don't want to build it. Or they don't believe they can build it either. So I think anybody that I've recruited in cold market, either I came out to them, got an Airbnb, we had dinner, we figured it out. And then now it's almost like they're my war market now. But I think that's super important is a lot of the time, and and I'm I'm young, Steve. I have not got it all figured out. I'm I'm failing forward, I'm failing fast, I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know everything. I'm coachable and humble enough to say that. But I will say what I see and what I notice is if people don't know you, like personally had met you, knows your values, your morals, knows you care about them, it's hard to work with you. And that's all I was trying to, to get the point across. When I came over, it was about the money because I was broke. Once I started making money, it's like, dude, I am so passionate about teaching people how to make money that it, it drives me crazy when they don't see it. And they don't see it because they don't know me. Yeah, very good point. Because the reality is it's like like the money side of it. It's like the money's going to be there. Like one way, if you work hard and you you know do all the right things, like you're going to make money. But when it comes down to now connecting with people, helping people, like the more you help, the more you make, the more they make. Now you're one of the best at getting people going. 
I forget the statistics that we went over when we were at Founders Day, but your your um, the percentage of people that you get going and writing and writing consistently is probably one of the best in the company. In addition to meeting people and getting that connection, what are other things that you do to get them started fast and making money? Yeah. I would have to give credit to the people on my team. I don't think it's anything I do that's special, but I think obviously um, us managers being on the same page has a lot to do with it because we're, we're all trying to grow and we're all trying to grow fast. It's a lot easier when we're all together. And I think it's super important that they're recruiting for the right reasons. And one thing that I could tell you about every single one of my managers on my team is they're transparent with you. So they're not afraid to tell you you got to work hard. They're not afraid to talk about chargebacks. They're not afraid to talk about dialing the phone for 12 hours a day. And that allows them to recruit the right people and get people bought in. And if people go through licensing and get their license, now they're ready to go. They Everything's been laid on the, on the road. They know that policies can fall off. They know that they have to work to get their first sell. And then plugging them into a schedule. I think that's super important. I thought... And it's crazy because when I started, I was just like, hey, you got your license, like buy leads, go figure it out. Because that's how I did it. But not everybody's the same. And I feel bad for people that started with me two years ago because I was figuring it out. I still am today. But now it's like we have a system to where, boom, you plug in. You're on 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. It's going to be And one of my agents. got to give credit to them. They brought this up. They're like, hey, their first week should be hell week. And you you dial from Monday to Saturday, 12 hour days, hell week. And it's to learn everything in a week and have a blueprint and a foundation to fall back onto what they did to make money. Mm. And I was like, dang, that's genius. I need to start doing that. So their first week's like hell week. It's like, hey, we're gonna work till we're tired. We're gonna work till we're exhausted. But ultimately like we're gonna work so you learn this super fast. Cause the learning curve, it can be 60, 90 days or it can be a week, it could be two days. But it's just the work. You can drag out that week of work to six months. But the, the important thing is, like, if you're not hard on in the beginning, we learned this too. If you're not hard on people in the beginning and having these tough conversations in the beginning, you're just prolonging when you're going to have that conversation. And so I think that helps us get agents converted to be able to be writing agents. It's like we're transparent and we expect a lot out of them because they're our business partner. I love that. And the other thing I was going to ask you next, piggybacking on that would be how many people when you present Hell Week are like, no, you know what? That's, this isn't for me. I'm out. Yeah. To be honest, I probably could recruit it, more people, but I am, I'm very aggressive and transparent. And I let people know like, hey, like if you're going to come into this business with me, like we're going to grind, we're going to figure it out because I want you to be where I'm at a lot faster. And it's like, I want more for them. So I know we have to put in more work than we, than we want to. And yeah, some people are going to say no. Some people are going to say, hey, I don't want to. Honestly, I tell them not even to get licensed. Or I ask them, why did you even get licensed? Yeah. Like, like, do you want this to work? Okay. Well, just like if everybody could be a millionaire, they'd be a millionaire. If it was easy, every single person would be a millionaire. Every person you know, aunts, uncles, cousins. But it's not. It requires hard work. But there's a blueprint and a foundation for you to do it in one or two years in this company. Why the hell mess around with something like that? 100%. Now, you're obviously still selling 
Um, what does your schedule look like between selling, agency building, training, you know, flying to meet people? What does that look like typically? Yeah. So every single day on 8 a.m., non-negotiable, I have to get on. And uh, I try to get one to two sales a day. And the reason the reason I sell is not, obviously, I enjoy it, but to be able to stay credible to give sales advice. And anytime I try to give sales advice where I'm not selling, like, I feel like I, I feel guilty in a sense. So I think it's super important, obviously, when, when you're building a big business or you have a business to continue to sell the lead from the front to get the sales advice because it's like little changes happen within insurance sales. And if you're not staying up to date and staying moving and staying getting sales, it's hard to catch momentum again. So obviously my schedule on 8 a.m. to about 8 p.m. every single day, Monday through Saturday, it's non-negotiable to work weekends. And I think that was the biggest thing I had to break in my head is all my friends work nine to five. Saturdays are when we go out on the boat or go ride the razor, the dirt bike. But I had to tell myself, my first two years, like, hey, we can't do that. And, and now I don't even do that because I, I have people to train and, and help out on Saturday. And it's a bigger picture. But in the very beginning, Steve, there was it, it was kind of hard because I have a big family. And they're like, hey, you want to come over Saturday or let's do this Saturday. Or let's do that. And now, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds a little crazy. But now they don't even ask me because they know like, hey, he's working Saturday. He's working Saturday. He's working and like eventually that's going to pay off and it's going to compound. Like I have big goals for my family and, and in order to, to lead them in the right direction, I have to make these sacrifices. So Monday through Saturday, I would say about 8 a.m. to 6 to 8 p.m. just kind of depends on the day. Um, obviously, if people need me, I'm going to be on there with them. I'm going to be training with them. I'm going to be listening to them. We're going to be coaching them up. And then non-negotiable Saturdays. Saturdays are like always hit on this. I've had real rough Monday through Fridays and I've had a huge days on Saturdays. And I think it's super important. Like your week's not over. If you still have a Saturday and Sunday, if Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, you didn't make any money. You got to get on the phone Saturday. People are home. They're going to answer. They're going to pick up and you can have opportunities to close some deals. Yeah. I love that too, because you know, you're, you're getting your family on board as to what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then boom, they see this success. And that's like you said it earlier, that's what this is. Like this is an industry built to make money, but you have to go get it. And if you think you're going to get it Monday to Friday all the time, like, sorry, <laughs> like it ain't going to yeah. happen, but you condense so much time in a couple of years. I mean, look at what you're doing as a team, you know, what do you say? 183 writers on average, right? Yes, sir. And, and for what you're doing in volume, the majority of them are making pretty damn good money and probably change their lives like they never imagined. Absolutely. I think that's what it's about, too. It's like it, it's changed my life. Why would I stop sharing the opportunity? Like I hadn't been in this company for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I didn't have to crawl up the ladder. It's like I put in the work. It compounded. Yes, we reaped some some rewards and some results from it. But if I can do that, every single person I come into contact can do it. They just have to be coachable and go to work. And that's all I try to relay. Like, I'm not the – Steve, I am not the smartest guy. You know that. But one thing I know how to do is work, ask questions, and show up. When everybody else stops showing up, I'll keep showing up. And that's because I'm going to figure it out. I think you have to be obsessed with 
solving solving the problem obsessed with going to work obsessed with making it happen i love that now you guys do a lot of telesales um yes sir you know i I like that um my team does as well but we're trying to get better at it so give me a couple of key things if i'm a brand new agent and i want to and i say to you hey i want to do telesales what's the direction you point me in schedule lead budget lead flow yeah so everybody's lead budget is a little different but if you uh if you have a little bit of money i would say buying leads every single day has been key for us i when i got in the business it was buying once a week for the whole week or once for dial day another time for dial day but if you're going to sell virtually 30 to 50 leads every single day whether that's one month's instance ethos it doesn't matter if you're giving yourself 40 to 50 leads or 30 to 50 leads every single day brand new you're working them and you're exhausting them and then you can always go back to them but i would say monday through monday through friday if you can buy 30 to 50 leads every single day and then understand like you're gonna have to spend some time on the phones you're gonna have to get sharp and one thing i'll i'll always hit on is you can't just walk in a home and 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 have control like an in-home you have to get sharp on the phone with building trust. And that that's going to come from recording yourself, role playing. Um, but one thing that, that we run into is obviously social and banking. So you have to make sure the client knows why you need the social or why they need the banking. And one way we do that is obviously they're like, hey, Steve, I don't feel comfortable giving you the social. Hey, I totally understand. It's not me that needs a social. It's the company. What they do is they run your social through the MIB, the Medical Information Bureau just to make sure you don't have any critical or chronic illness, make sure you're healthy enough for the coverage. And I think if the client understands that, it'll allow them to move in the right direction. And obviously you sell a lot more than me, but that's what works for us when we're, uh, when we're working virtually. I love what you said about the lead, the number of leads per day, because it's, you know, it's, you know, it is you trick yourself in the fact that I have something new to call and then I always have something old to call. But if I don't have something new and I only rely on old, I'm going to just be, you know, banging my head against the door. You know, I might get a couple out of the old ones. That's cool. But I need new. I need fresh. So I love that you kind of talk in, in those terms. Absolutely. I think a bit like I, I grew up doing construction. My daddy's a stucco contractor. And uh, I always thought of it as like building homes. You can't build this week's homes with last week's materials. Sure, you can use some of the stuff to help get it started, but every single week you need new materials to build new homes. And I thought of that like leads. Your leads are your materials, your sales are your homes. So you got to make sure you have materials every single week to to be able to build these homes. Love that, man. Well, I want you to leave us with this. If you could kind of, you know, compact one thing for a new agent success getting started um, in like a minute or two minutes, what would it be? Yeah. I'm just so dang passionate about this opportunity. And I, I know it can work for people if they get out of their own way. So it's what you tell yourself. You got to block out all negativity and you just have to show up even, even on days you don't, don't want to. And I think it's super important. The days that you don't want to show up, that you show up, you get that much further ahead. And this business is, I mean, it's simple. Like we buy leads, we call them, we ask them why they, why they wanted the coverage. Yeah. It's our job to, to build value, but you're, 
you're literally selling money. And I think it's super important to understand that you're not in this business alone. And if you need help, you can reach out and leverage as many people as you need. There's so many people that have paved the road for you in this business to be able to do it a lot faster than we did. But you have to jam pack the work. One thing I'll leave you with this, Steve, is there's 52 weekends in a year. How many of those are you going to commit to working on your business? Like that's what gets people ahead. And, and I mean, when I started, I was working seven days a week for my first 10 months. I had to figure it out. So the biggest thing I could say is just go to work, trust the process, lean into the process and develop yourself. I love that, man. And notice everybody, he didn't say anything about learning the IUL or the term or the nothing insurance wise was actually used there. It's how many weekend days can you commit? And that is the X factor. We can teach you the rest, but I can't teach you to get up and be motivated on Saturday to go help somebody with insurance. Well, I love it, man. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for hopping on. Anything that I can do or my team can do to help you, please reach out. And just thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Steve. You got it.